Hi, I'm Pastor Nick Stavropoulos. It is our privilege to have you with us for this service today. We have been in a series of messages called Pursuing Godly Goals. Pursuing Godly Goals. From James chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. In the first two messages, we talked about how the need is very real for you and for me to pursue the godly goal of inward purity. Inward purity. Then we talked about pursuing the godly goal of being peace-loving, followed by pursuing the godly goal of gentleness. Gentleness last week. In fact, I've been very surprised as to uh, how much positive feedback I've received from you about the message on, on uh, gentleness. Maybe it's because many of you also realize that there is such a great need for it. Amen? Well, today our theme is this. Pursue the willingness to be open to reason and yield, give in to others. Yield, give in to others. Now, I'm sure some of you are thinking, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to yield to others. I don't want to give in to others. Uh, I want others to give in to me. That's maybe what some of you are thinking, right? Well, if, if you will listen and truly apply the truth that we discover from James 3.17, if you will really listen and apply, I believe it will help you and your family tremendously. All right? So, this truth is stated in verse 17, which says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also... <clears throat> It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, here it is, and willing to yield to others. And willing to yield to others. That's the uh, new, new Living Translation, by the way. Um, the New International Version translation uses the word submissive. Submissive. Let me ask you, do, do you yield to others? Are you submissive? The King James Version, the King James Translation, done back in 1611, says, easy to be entreated. Easy to be entreated. Now, most of us don't use that word entreated very much, but it basically means that you, you can be asked or approached. The message, another version of the Bible in English, the message uses the word reasonable. Reasonable. Are, are you reasonable, by the way? Are you? All right. One of the most helpful translations from the original Greek is the Revised Standard Version, which actually says, open to reason open to reason. Very interesting. Are you open to reason? Are you? Okay, let's continue. Stick with me. And I believe 
you'll begin to see that, that we are talking about something extremely important, something super important that can affect many areas of your life, your family, your friends, and certainly my life as well. Okay, I told you what some of our common English translations say. This part of the Holy Bible was originally written in Greek. What does the original Greek word, which is eurythes, uh, what does it mean? Dr. William Barclay tells us that eurythes, E-U-R-E-I-T-H-E-S in English, eurythes can mean easy to persuade, not in the sense of being pliable and weak, but in the sense of not being stubborn. Ha <laughs> ha, there. In the sense of not being stubborn and of being willing to listen to reason, the true wisdom, he says, is not rigid, but is willing to listen and is skilled in knowing when wisely to yield. All right? Is skilled in knowing when wisely to yield. You can see his whole quote on the screen there. And uh, it's very, very meaningful, isn't it? And it's very correct and very straightforward. And so, are you a person who is willing to listen? To not be stubborn, not be stubborn, to be open to reason, and to be willing to yield, to give in when you should. Think about that. Here are some benefits of being willing to be open to reason and to yield to others. Okay? We're talking about being open to reason and yielding to others. Number one, it will help you to have better relationships. That's right. It will help all of us to, ha to have better relationships if we are willing to be open to reason and yield when we should. When my wife and I, Cindy, were first married, about a hundred years ago, <laughs> just kidding, just want to see if you're listening, okay. When we were first married, oftentimes uh, we, would, we would have some leftovers from supper, as I'm sure you do as well, right? Usually I would take the leftovers um, put them on a plate, and then I would slip the plate into a plastic grocery bag, which we had placed in a drawer after bringing the groceries home from whatever store we did our shopping at, right? After I put the leftovers away in the fridge, inserted into the grocery bag, I remember my wife one day, actually several days, saying something like, she said, please, don't do that. 
I said, do what? She said, don't put the food in a plastic grocery bag like that. I said, well, why not? The plastic bag will keep the food fresh until we use it tomorrow or the next day. It will keep in the fridge very well. Then Cindy said, well, please cover leftover food only with things like glad plastic wrap or put the food in plastic containers. Hmm. I said, Cindy, what's the big deal? Like, what's the difference? The job's getting done. And Cindy said, well, you, you don't know for sure if that grocery bag you are covering the food with is clean. Therefore, we shouldn't use it to cover leftover food. My wonderful wife explained her reasoning, and it was very good reasoning. So guess what? Guess what? Ever since then, I have not covered leftover food with a previously used grocery bag. I was open to reason and yielded, yielded, or I gave in to my wife. I deserve a pat in the back for that, don't you think? All right. There have been other times when my wife was fortunately open to reason and was willing to yield to me. For example, I remember early in our marriage when we would be preparing supper again, Cindy would often take the chicken pieces or the whole chicken and she would dump it in the kitchen sink to wash before cooking. By the way, give me a phone call when you see chicken on, on sale or special somewhere, okay? All right. It really bothered me, it really bothered me that she used to wash the chicken in the kitchen sink, but for a, a period of time, I, I didn't want to say anything just so that she wouldn't feel that I was criticizing her. So she wouldn't feel like, you know, I was being a pain. So I kind of kept quiet about it. Oftentimes I tried to uh, get to washing the chicken before she did, just so that I, I could wash it in a way that I considered to be appropriate and the proper way of washing the chicken. And finally, after stewing about it for a period of time, I can't remember how long it was, but after kind of stewing about it, the next time I saw my wife washing the chicken in the kitchen sink, I said, Cindy, sweetie pie, honey, probably, <laughs> please, Cindy, never wash the chicken or any meat in the kitchen sink. And Cindy said, well, why not? My mother always did it. <laughs> and I said, I said, honey, remember I was a science student at the University of Toronto. That kitchen sink is full of bacteria. You are washing the meat in a kitchen sink that is full of bugs. And she said, well, 
I wash the sink with dishwashing liquid before I put the chicken in the sink. And I probably said something like, sweetheart, that's good to know, but there would still be, there would still be some bacteria left over in the sink, and it's best not to risk it. I probably also said something like, you know, as well, Cindy, psychologically, I, I don't want to end up eating chicken, which was washed in the same sink where we wash our dirty dishes. I'm kind of very practical about stuff like that. Well, the good news is Cindy listened to reason. Cindy listened to reason. She yielded. She, she, um, she gave in. Give her a hand, okay? Give her a hand, would you? Give her a hand. Give her a hand. Next time you see her, give her a hand, all right? Uh, she yielded to what I had I had to say, and since that historical discussion, Cindy and I have washed our chicken either in uh, another big clean bowl or washed it simply under running water in the kitchen sink. Under running water. And, and we lived happily ever after. Well, most of the time. All right. However, however, today, today, August 16, 2020, in the year of our Lord, marks, believe it or not, our 40th, 40th wedding anniversary. And so I want to say happy 40th wedding anniversary to my wife, Cindy. Yes, Cindy, I even got a balloon for the occasion. Here we are, thank you, yes. Here's a beautiful balloon. Christopher, can you zoom in? I, I wanna make sure that my wife sees this beautiful balloon, okay? Yeah, so, uh, now, many of you, I'm sure, are looking at me and thinking, boy, Pastor Nick, you look so young. We can't believe that you've been married 40 years. I can't believe it either, <laughs> okay? But yes, we've been married 40 years. Um, I, guess, I, guess, I guess Cindy has helped me to stay young all these years, Hey, eh? Well, anyway, we want to thank the Lord for our 40 years of marriage and uh, two wonderful children, Amy and Jeremy, and their marvelous spouses, Janos and Kirby, and we got four precious little grandchildren that we love very much. All right, so we thank God. Well, I, I want to be honest with you and tell you that um, a, a few times in my life I was not I was not always open to reason, and I was not willing to yield or, or give in when I should have. Uh, sometimes it might have been in regards to Cindy. Um, here's an occasion, a time when it was in regards to my mother. All right? One of those times was when I went to Nazarene Theological Seminary in Kansas City, USA, to study to become a minister. 
After I finished the Bachelor of Science degree at the University of Toronto, I moved from Toronto to Kansas City to do my ministerial studies, the Master of Divinity and one extra year of studies. The first year I was in Kansas City, I did not have, I did not have a car, and the public transit, transit system in Kansas City at that time was not good. It was actually very poor. It was quite normal to wait 45 to 60 minutes for a bus, even during rush hour, so-called rush hour. When I was getting ready to go to Kansas City from Toronto for my second year of studies, my, my younger sister said to me, Brother Nick, I'm sick and tired of my little old car breaking down on me on Highway 401. I'm going to buy a brand new Honda Civic for myself, and I'm going, I'm going to have my old car towed to the junkyard unless you want it. Well, I, I thought it would be helpful to have my sister's old car to drive down to Kansas City and to, have, to get around in Kansas City. So I said, oh, I'm happy to receive it, Elsie. However, however, <clears throat> my dear mother reasoned with me, reasoned with me, and in fact begged me, begged me not to accept my sister's car because it had been so unreliable. I, I told my mother I knew uh, a lot more about how to fix car problems uh, than my sister did, and that she didn't have to worry. She didn't have to worry about me driving it 18 or more hours to Kansas City. Furthermore, I thought if the car broke down, I would simply have it towed to a junkyard, and I would take buses to finish the trip to get to Kansas City. Now, the truth is, my mother was very upset. She was very upset and worried about me driving my sister's old car to Kansas City for that long, long journey. Uh, the good news is, I made it. I did make it to my destination in Kansas City safely. My mother eventually forgave me for not listening to her. But in all honesty, many years have passed, and it still bothers me. Yeah, it still bothers me that I was not open to reason, and I did not yield to my mother's pleadings that I not drive my sister's old car such a long distance down to Kansas. Now, if you were to talk with my dear mother, she would tell you that, that her Nico, which she often called me and calls me Nico, she would tell you that her Nico was a very good boy growing up. And I was. But I have to say, there were a few times when I didn't give in to my mother, and I should have. As a parent, for many years now, I would have insisted on my son or daughter not doing what I did, just for safety concerns, right? So, children, youth and young adults, listen, be willing to yield, yield to the wisdom of your mother or father or grandparents. Amen? All right.
There is no doubt that when you and I are willing to be open to reason and to yield to each other, it will help us. It will help us to have better relationships, better relationships in your family, in your workplace, at school, at church, everywhere, everywhere. Think about it. Is there anyone, is there anyone at the present time that you need to listen to, to be open to their reasoning and to yield to them? Is there anyone you should yield to? Do so. All right? Here's another benefit. Number two, another second major benefit. Being willing to be open to reason and to yield or give in to others will help bring victory over COVID-19. Will help bring victory over COVID-19. Now please stick with me and you will see how what I what I just said is so true. It really is. It has been about five months since COVID-19 became a serious threat to all of us in North America. The truth is, as you know, nothing else has ever shut down businesses, companies, air travel, cruise ships, schools, churches, uh, and other places of worship, concerts, Disney World, Disneyland, and, and much more. Nothing has ever shut so many things down for a period of time as COVID-19. In many countries, including Canada, the numbers of new COVID-19 inf infections have been gradually going down, which is obviously good. In the United States, however, the numbers of new COVID-19 infections have been skyrocketing. They've been terribly skyrocketing in states, states like Florida, Texas, Louisiana, California, and many other states. What I am about to say, please, what I am about to say is not intended as a put-down on our American neighbors. They don't need that. It's not intended to be a put-down on our American neighbors. We have wonderful online viewers in various states, and, and, and we love you, and we pray for you, we appreciate you. But what I am about to say can help the U.S. Can help. It can help big time. When many states began lifting restrictions on their citizens after shutting down cities and states in different ways, health experts warned against, they warned against things like graduation parties and pool parties and packed beaches. They warned against 
reopened restaurants, reopened bars and other celebrations with no physical distancing of six feet or two meters and no face masks. The authorities, the, 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 leading, the leading researchers and scientists and, and, and health people warned against all these things. And um, they, 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 they made it very clear that people needed to wear face masks and to stay at least six feet away from others to prevent the spread of COVID-19. It was stated clearly by the professionals in the U.S., in Canada, in other world areas as well. Sadly, millions of people in the United States have not been willing, have not been willing to be open to reason. Now stick with me. Have not been willing to, to be open to reason. Too many people have had the attitude of, well, the U.S. Constitution gives me freedom. And, and I don't have to wear a face mask if I don't want to. I don't have to wear a face mask. And I don't have to stay six feet away from anyone if I don't want to. And that's why COVID infections in the United States have been skyrocketing. It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward, you know? People have been going on television wondering, asking why, oh, why, why, why have things become so terrible? I've just stated why. It boils down to people not willing to yield to the, the truth that has been communicated about, about physical distancing and, and wearing masks or face coverings, whatever you want to call them. Even the American politicians who should be protecting the lives of their citizens from COVID-19 have been holding political rallies with thousands of people. CNN asked one of the main politicians why they were holding political rallies in the middle of a pandemic, and his answer was, his answer was something like this. He said, well, according to the First Amendment, we have the right to peaceably assemble. I wanted, I wanted to say to him, you don't, you don't have the right to endanger the lives of your citizens. I listened to the response and I thought, come on, people, you're much smarter than that. Millions of people in the United States have not been willing to do simple things like be open to reason, and they have refused to yield to others. Who have they refused to yield to? They have refused to yield, to, to give in to the advice of health professionals and scientists who have said, we must wear face masks in indoor public places, and we must stay six feet away from anyone who isn't in the same household. You see how this biblical truth can apply right now in this very day in the middle of a pandemic? In recent weeks, I've seen examples of a woman in California who went on a 
tirade because she was asked to wear a mask in a Trader Joe's store. I thought, oh boy. In, in another incident, Arizona Karen filmed herself destroying a face mask display in the Target store. Some of you probably saw it. I think it was uh, Raven who brought it to my attention initially. In Texas, a person started throwing food everywhere when asked to wear a mask. The customer threw the groceries all over the floor, or, uh, cursed the staff and cursed other customers and just went crazy. A few days ago, a reporter was interviewing a man in a U.S. hospital who looked to be in his 30s. The gentleman in the hospital appeared to look like he was in his 30s, thereabouts. The man told of how he thought, he had thought COVID-19 was a big hoax, but now that he was very, very sick with COVID, he said, he said, people, this COVID-19 stuff is no joke. This is very serious. It's real. That's what he said from his very, very sick bed. My friends, the United States has over 5 million people infected with COVID-19. In a single state like Florida, they have been reporting anywhere from 8,000 to 15,000 new COVID infections each day for many days. For the past while, the United States has been reporting about, listen to this, this is, this, is, this is heartbreaking. This is heartbreaking because so much of this could have been prevented and should be prevented. For the past while, the United States of America, one of the richest countries in the world, the United States has been reporting about a thousand thousand deaths per day from COVID-19 and over 160,000 deaths in total just these last few months from COVID-19. Much of this didn't have to happen. If people were willing to yield, to give in to basic truth, basic, basic knowledge, information. And of course, through it all, their federal government has, 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 really, has really been lax in all that needed to be done. Uh, we, we should be very thankful here in Canada. Our federal government has done an excellent job of trying to help our whole country, by the way. My friends, I understand that not all the COVID-19 infections or deaths could have been prevented, but I truly believe, I really believe that if millions of people will be open to reason and yield or give in to the professional advice of health authorities, 
many COVID infections can be prevented and many lives can be saved in the United States, in Canada, and in every other country, all right, like Brazil, that's battling COVID-19. What can I say? This past week, a news crew was interviewing a doctor. They were interviewing a doctor who was working in the intensive care unit of an American hospital. An American hospital which was overwhelmed with very sick COVID-19 patients. And the doctor said that what was really bothering him was that there he was in the intensive care unit, exhausted, trying to save the lives of COVID-19 patients. He said, then, when he's driving home, he sees groups of people being very close to each other, which can result in the transmission of COVID-19. He spoke of, he spoke of how he had been risking his life by trying to save COVID-infected people, and the groups of people he saw on the sidewalks or in the park were doing, were doing the very thing which would eventually put them into his intensive care unit. And the doctor was frustrated and angry, understandably so, as to why people wouldn't listen, wouldn't listen. And here, he was in the intensive care unit every day, knowing that he himself could, could get that terrible illness from some patient, but he had to help. Recently, Ontario, our own province here in the Toronto area, entered stage three of our province's economic recovery plan. This, of course, means a lot more freedom for most people in Ontario. Please stick with me. It can be easy for many of us to forget that COVID-19 is still a major threat to everyone's safety. It's easy to forget. The numbers of new COVID-19 infections in Ontario have seemed to be somewhere between 90 to 140 new infections per day, which is a lot better than what it used to be. It's a lot better. However, however, you and I need to continue to be open to reason and to yield to the instructions of health professionals and our government. This means you and I must wear masks or face coverings whenever we are indoors 
in public places. It also means we must keep six feet or two meters away from each other. The truth is, this requires discipline. It, it, it requires discipline and thinking constantly. I know this from my own experience. Uh, recently, I officiated the funeral service of a dear man, and before and after the service, I, I, wanted, I wanted so much to go and, and hug, hug his grieving family, Beloved family members whom I have known for many years. I wanted to go over and hug his wife and, and hug, hug his children. I wanted to do that. That's just kind of my nature. That's a natural thing for me to do. But I, I stood there saying, you must keep six feet away. You must keep six feet away. I had to discipline myself to do that. Uh, recently, I officiated the wedding, the wedding of a, of a wonderful young couple um, in their relative's huge, beautiful backyard. Happened to be in Oakville. After the wedding ceremony, I, I, wanted, I wanted to give the bride and groom and their parents a, a big hug, a hug of joy. But, but I stood there saying to myself, no, you must keep six feet away for everyone's sake. Because COVID-19 has been with us now for over five months, it would be easy for you and me to get lax and careless. Please, I beg you, don't let your guard down. Don't let your guard down. Do you hear me? By the way, I personally had a COVID-19 test done recently, and on August 1st, I got the results back, and fortunately, I do not have COVID. I do not have COVID. Praise the Lord. So I'm obviously grateful for that. Here is something else you and I must remember. Our Canadian government, our Ontario provincial government, and our local municipal governments have worked hard, and I believe have done a very good job leading us through this pandemic. They really have done a very good job. I hope you're not complaining. At the same time, we must remember that sometimes what is legal is not necessarily what is safe to do in regards to COVID-19. Here's what I mean. This is a tale of two boats. One of the boats called Maid of the Mist was carrying tourists from the American side and was taking them as close to the falls as they could get. The other boat, called the Hornblower, was carrying tourists from the Canadian side and had also taken guests as close to the falls as they could get. Here was the big difference between the two boats. The American tourist boat, made of the mist, was limited to 50% occupancy 
according to the New York State's rules during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Canadian boat, called the Hornblower, under Ontario's, Ontario's rules, was only allowed six passengers on board, even though it is about the same size as the other boat. When you look at the picture, you can see that the six people on the Canadian boat obviously had plenty of space to practice physical distancing. They didn't have to be close to each other. When you look at the American boat, however, you can see that even though the boat was limited to 50% occupancy, many of the people were shoulder to shoulder. Were the people on the American boat safe? Were they safe from anyone who maybe had COVID and didn't know it, but could possibly transfer it to other people? Were they safe when they're shoulder to shoulder, face to face? You decide. You decide. If I had been a tourist on the American side and I had seen how close many of the guests were to each other on the Maid of the Mist, I would have said, even though the boat is operating legally with only a 50% occupancy, realistically, it is not safe to be on the boat with so many people so close to each other I will not go on the Maid of the Mist. I will not go. And neither should you. My friends, you are going to run across situations where according to the law, something is okay and legal. But you need to ask yourself, is it really safe? Is it really safe? Is it COVID safe for me to go into such and such a restaurant for a sit-down dinner with people who are still so close to you, to each other? We have to constantly be thinking. We have announced that Rosewood Church of the Nazarene will open up for in-person services on Sunday, September 13, with two morning services, one at 9.30 a.m. and the other at 11.30 a.m., so that you can spread out and there, there's room for everybody. We are planning to make your worship experience as safe as possible. Number one, upon your arrival, you will be asked to sanitize your hands at the entrance. Number two, everyone must come wearing a mask or face covering, or we will give you one. We ordered a lot of masks many weeks ago, and we have them in stock. Number three, we are taping off every second row so there is distance between you and anyone in front of you or behind you. Number four, we are asking everyone to leave three seats empty to your, 
to your right and to your left, unless a person is, of course, from the same household, from your own home. Number five, after the 9.30 a.m. service, the seats which were occupied at 9.30 will be sanitized. The washrooms, the door handles, the door panels, and so on, will also be sanitized. Number six, after the 11.30 a.m. service, we will sanitize again. We are and we will do everything to try to make the church building as safe as possible for you. By September 13, almost six months will have passed since we stopped holding our in-person services. We hope you will feel comfortable coming back. We hope you really will feel comfortable coming back. For those who might still not be ready to return, we will continue to have our online services. As you and I live our lives in the days ahead, let us, let us be willing to be open to reason and to yield to others. Be willing to yield. I also, I also today want to encourage you to be open to reason. To be open to the reason that God loves you. That Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for you. That Jesus wants to be a part of your life. And he wants you. He wants you to yield your life, to give, to surrender your life to him, to Jesus. Be open to reason and yield your life to Jesus. He loves you. He wants you. He wants you to belong to him. Would you make that choice, that decision today to give your heart and your life to Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords? Let it be so. I encourage you, I encourage you today to press some buttons on your computer or on your phone and share this message with at least three people you know. Share it with some folks that you know. I believe it, it can help them, as I believe it is and it will help you as you put into practice the truths we have talked about. Thank you.